good to be here to worship him, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. It's like, it's like the old preacher who said, if you're here to worship me, you can leave now. But if you're here to worship the Lord, you please stay. And we're here every, today and every Sunday to worship the Lord, not the preacher or the evangelist. Far too much of that in the Western church, isn't there? Names, big names. Well, we're here today to worship the biggest name of all, and that's the Lord Jesus, the name above every name. We're back again to Revelation, to the seven vials. So let's just bow our heads in a brief word of prayer before we launch into today's study. Lord Jesus, you are the lily of the valley. And we thank you that when we're going through the valley, we thank you that it's then that we discover the lily of the valley. We discover you in a greater way than when we're on the mountain top, perhaps. And so, Lord, I pray for your people today, gathered out this morning, who perhaps are going through the valley. And Lord, I pray that they'll have an encounter with the lily of the valley, even in our service today. Lord, we just want to thank you that the Lord Jesus is the bright and morning star. That heavenly body that heals the dawning of the day. And Lord, as the old chorus goes, it's always darkest before the dawn. And it's very dark in our world today. But we thank you that the dawning is coming soon. The day will dawn and Christ will return. Lord, we thank you for the hope we have that when we lay a loved one in the grave, that it's not goodbye, it's just good night. We'll see them in the morning just outside the eastern gate. Thank you, dear Father in heaven, that the dead in Christ shall rise first when that trumpet sounds. And we shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, what a salvation is this. Lord, bless us around your word today. I pray that, Lord, you'll take control of these lips now. I pray, Lord, even as the psalmist said that his lips would drop sweet-smelling myrrh. Lord, I ask that these lips of mine would do just that today. I pray that this tongue of mine will speak a word in season to someone gathered here this morning. Now, Lord, we leave everything in your hands, and we're praying for the help of the Holy Spirit, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It was in May 1943 that brave pilots left these shores in the Dam Busters Raid. And uh, we've all, I'm sure, we're, we've all heard of the Dam Busters. It's, I'm not talking about the classical tune now, but there's the, the Dam Busters Raid during the Second World War and uh, the pilots 
of the RAF. They left our shores to go to the Ruhr Valley in Germany to destroy three dams. And uh, they used, of course, their famous bouncing bombs. You see, the, the, the Nazis had protected the dams and taken special measures and special precautions against the Allied forces so that, they, that they, they wouldn't be able to destroy the dams. They were so important. But the aim, of course, of the Dam Busters raid was to, to disrupt the German war effort and that they wanted to disrupt the, 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 the uh, production line of the German war uh, effort. And the whole idea was that the, these three dams, of course, that's, that provided electricity, would, uh, when they were dis- destroyed by the bombs, then that would put a spanner in the works of, uh, the Nat- the, the, of the Nazi military machine. The dam busters. I want to tell you today about the bursting of a dam, another dam, not in Germany. You see, this is the dam of God's wrath, and this dam someday will burst, and it will burst upon the Lord's enemies. And I want to tell you today that the Lord is glorified just as much in the destruction of his enemies as in the salvation of sinners. Do you get that? The destruction of his enemies will bring equal glory to the Lord as the salvation of sinners. And one day... The Lord will rise up and will destroy his enemies. Now, I didn't say your enemies or my enemies. I said his enemies. He will be glorified in their destruction if they persist in rebellion against him. The dam will burst. So what's this dam I'm talking about? Or where is it in... Scripture and particularly in the book of Revelation. Well, folks, if you have your Bible open there, look down at Revelation 15 and verse 7. If you don't have your Bible open, get it open um, as quick as you can and look there at chapter 15 and verse 7. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials. Full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever. You see that little word, full? It literally means swollen. Swollen. It's the idea of a dam that's about to burst. And the idea is that the Lord's wrath is about to burst upon his enemies during the tribulation period. Now, this in particular is the second half of the tribulation period when the Antichrist is rising to the zenith of his power upon the earth. And the Lord, as it were, he 
begins to pour out his wrath. It's just as if the dam of his anger bursts upon his enemies. His wrath has swollen and it has risen up to the brim of the vials, the seven vials. And now it overflows against his enemies. There's a lot of people on planet earth at the present time. And if they don't repent and turn to Christ, they're going to experience the bursting of this dam. We live in a godless, vile, rebellious world. Each day that passes brings some new perversion to our TV screens and our media reports. Just learned this past week that in our local hospital in the children's ward there is a transgender display. Give you a wee minute just to catch your breath. In the children's ward of Altmagelvin Hospital, transgender display, posters, trans propaganda. I mean, you'd wonder why that would be in any ward in the hospital, never mind a children's ward. Love has no gender, one of the posters. If you want to see pictures, you maybe don't want to see pictures of it, but if you want to see pictures, I can show you pictures of it. LGBT trailblazers, names of gay icons. Is it any wonder that the Lord is going to pour out the, the vials of his wrath someday? Is it any wonder that the dam of his wrath will eventually burst? This week, of course, is Pride Week in Belfast. And I even saw a police Land Rover yesterday, a picture of a police Land Rover in Belfast. Policing with pride! Written across the side of it. May the Lord help us and have mercy upon us. Throughout the week they'll be celebrating what is an abomination to the Lord. All kinds of pride events. You know yesterday in Belfast they had the big pride picnic. Big pride picnic. During this week they're having, and I quote, drag queen story time for the children. Disney. Boy, that's another hot, hot topic. You know the... The, the wee movies that the children love to watch, Mickey Mouse and all their programs, Walt Disney. Do you know by the end of this year, Disney have promised that half the characters 
will be LGBT. 50% of the characters in their programming will be sodomites. Of course, over in England, children are being taught in their sex education classes that prostitution is an acceptable career pathway. Something else you maybe didn't know was happening. And no doubt they'll try to introduce it over here. Maybe they have already. But certainly in England, this is what's being pushed upon the children. Oh, I can see the dam of God's judgment rising up. And it's creaking. And there's a few cracks in it. I can see his wrath rising up in the seven vials. And sooner or later his wrath is going to overflow. The dam that's ready to burst upon this wicked world. It's up to the church to take its stand against these things, of course. Some people say, well, you can't mention these things in the Lord's house. Can't mention that these are not things for the church to worry about. The church just needs to preach the gospel. I tell you folks, the reason why the church is in the state it's in today is because it hasn't taken a stand on these issues. May God waken up the church in the West today. I believe over the last few years he has been wakening up his people. And I believe he has been sifting out a people for himself. And and, uh, putting his church to the test to see who is really loyal to him and him alone. But then in verse 8 of Revelation chapter 15, we find that there's a place of safety. Because if you look at the 8th verse of chapter 15, just follow with me now. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Now what's happening here is that the Lord shuts the door of heaven. Because you see the day of grace is now over, it has ended. And it's not possible for anyone else to be saved. Too late. The Lord shuts the door of heaven and he retreats back into heaven during the pouring out of these seven vials of his wrath. But you see, the Lord is not alone in heaven. Guess who's with him? His people. And that would include you and me who are saved. All the saved will be with the Lord here 
in heaven, in verse 8, in the temple as it's called. You see, the rapture has taken place and the Lord has sent his angels with the sound of the trumpet to gather together his elect from the four corners of the earth. And he has gathered them safely home to heaven. It's like a great airlift rescue mission. You know how there's been thousands upon thousands of Jews who have been airlifted from Ukraine in recent times. Well, hallelujah, one day those of us who are saved, we're going to be airlifted to glory and will not need a, a, a jumbo jet to do it. Praise God, the Lord, by his mighty power, by a great miracle, will rapture us and take us home to glory. And just as our Savior went up through the clouds in Acts chapter 1, so we too will follow him someday. Aye, there's going to be a, a meeting in the air, hallelujah. And then the Lord will he'll gather us all and bring us all into the temple, the heavenly temple, with him. And he'll close the door. And we'll enjoy sweet fellowship and communion with him. And all the questions we had down here on earth about the things that the Lord allowed to happen in our lives that just bewildered us, then the Lord will explain why he allowed them to happen. All the heartaches, all the heartbreaks that came into our lives, the Lord will he'll tell us why he permitted them to happen. It's like the, the pattern, isn't it? The embroidery. Boy, if you look at the back of the pattern, it's a complete mess. But all you have to do is turn it round and then you'll see the beautiful embroidery and that'll be the case someday for the Lord's suffering people and we'll all be safely gathered home so it's a place of safety you remember whenever the Lord rained a fire and brimstone out of heaven upon Sodom do you remember how he sent his angels to rescue Lot and his wife and their children. The angels of deliverance. Harbingers of deliverance for the Lord's righteous people. Well in Revelation chapter 15 and 16 we have seven angels. Seven angels of deliverance. And they also, they too are harbingers. Of deliverance for the people of God upon the earth. For all the Christians. That when the wrath of God is poured out upon this earth one final time. That all the Christians, all those who are washed in the blood of Jesus. Will be safely home in glory. Shut in with Christ. For all eternity. That's something quite something for us to look forward to isn't it so child of God don't you be alarmed at all this talk of, of wrath and vials and judgment here because you'll not experience it no you and I will be long gone before it arrives 
But if you're not saved well, you need to flee from the wrath to come. Of course, this place of safety is just like Noah and his wife and three sons and their wives, eight people, safe in the ark. The Lord provided a place of safety for Noah, his wife, and their family. It's amazing, you know, how Noah preached for 120 years. Didn't see any outsider saved. Ah, but sure, if the preacher, if there's no converts, get rid of them. I've heard that. It's a load of baloney. Because if, if the preacher has no converts, then you would have to get rid of Noah and discount him and discard him and say he was a failure. But in God's eyes, he was never a failure. Because his family were saved. And those of you who are praying for loved ones and there's not much sign of repentance, you keep praying. Don't you give up. Because you'll see your loved ones saved too. Might be before you go to be with the Lord, it might be after. But you just leave that with the Lord. His timing is perfect. But he has promised household salvation and will all be gathered safely into the ark And they'll all be gathered safely into the ark of salvation someday and then finally into that place of safety in heaven someday. And you know what's best of all about it, folks? The Lord will be there. See, the Lord's in this temple in Revelation chapter 15 and verse 8. The Lord goes back into the temple with his people to have eternal communion with them and he closes the door. The Lord was there. The Lord will be there. When Noah was in the ark, the Lord was there. You remember what it says at the beginning of Genesis chapter 7? You remember the words of the Lord to Noah? Come thou and all thy house into the ark. Come. The Lord didn't say, go into the ark, Noah. Go. If he had said that, that would have meant that the Lord was outside the ark. But no, he says, come. So obviously the Lord's standing at the door of the ark. And he's inviting Noah and his family in. I'm in here. Come in, Noah, to the place of safety. Where the wrath of God will not touch you. Come Noah to enjoy fellowship with me. Come. The invitation went out to Noah and his wife and his family. To come into a place of communion with the Lord. And if you're not right with the Lord today. The Lord invites you to come into a place of communion with him. Boy, that's the best thing about being saved, isn't it? Communion and fellowship with the Lord around his word in prayer. 
And the Lord meets with you and reveals wonderful things from his word. And he, he, as the psalmist prayed, open thou my, mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And the Lord answers your prayer and he does it and you see wondrous things. Oh, I tell you, it's wonderful. You know, every, all the folk out there, see everybody in the houses and in the village out there, and the, they have no interest in coming to the church. You know what they think? They think, oh, there's them sad, miserable Christians going into church again. Boy, what a miserable lifestyle they live. How boring. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not one bit boring. Hallelujah, it's the best life you could ever live. Fellowship with the Lord. If Brother John Henry, our good dear departed brother in glory today, if he if we could bring him back from heaven, what would he say? Friendship with Jesus, fellowship divine. Oh what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. Can you say that today? Is he your friend? Boy, he's the best friend you could ever have. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. 258, 258. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. Let's stand together, 258.